0: Hey, family, it's good to have you with us. So blessed to be here. So excited to bring the Word of God to you today. I do have something I got to share with everyone. Uh, I got a new bumper sticker on my truck, and it says, Honk if you think I'm sexy. So I set it a green light so I feel better about myself. That's funny. I don't care who you are. Worst pickup lines. I heard this on the radio. The worst pickup lines. You ready for this? I lost a rib, and I think you may have it. <laughs> we better pray after that. We're in a series right now: the heart, the art of being human. And uh, tonight, I want to talk to you about the way of Jesus. and And pray with me as we dive into God's word tonight. Uh, this day. Just, Father, we just ask God that you would just move so beautifully and so mightily. Father, we thank you for your word and ask that you would speak to us. Father, that you would speak to everyone uh, coming in through Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we just thank you that people can come in from all over the place. And I want to pray for them right now that you would meet with those Father, they may be in South Carolina, or in Germany, or Russia, or in Asia, or right here in Idaho, or Ohio, and I just thank you, Father, for it, and I, I just pray that you touch them in a very, very beautiful fashion right now. God, you are a very present help in trouble, and we ask that you would speak to hearts tonight, those who know you, that they could just grow in you. Father, your word would bring transformation power tonight. Those that don't know you, Father, they would have a beautiful awakening tonight, uh, this day, In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen. Amen. Why is it that a person can preach a beautiful sermon like Craig did last weekend on Saturday and Sunday? Why is it that he can preach that and it doesn't work on Monday? Why is it that you can hear a sermon and it really impacts you on a weekend but it doesn't impact you Monday through Friday. What what is it? What's going on when you hear such a powerful sermon and then it doesn't do anything in your life on Monday? Jesus said, follow me. Here's an honest question for you today. Are you too busy to follow Jesus? Just an honest question. Are you too busy to follow Jesus? Are are you too much in a hurry to follow Jesus? Selah. Are you too busy to follow the Creator? Are you too busy to follow His ways? Jesus has ways. And and I I want to read a very, very common scripture to you right now. Jesus said, code red, John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That way means the traveled road, journey, traveling, a, a course of conduct, a way of thinking, feeling, and deciding. Jesus is the way. My, my question is to you, now, do you understand? Yeah, yeah, he's the way to eternal life. He's the way to heaven. But he's also the way to everyday life here on earth. If you don't experience something on Monday through Friday, Is it because you're not walking in the way of Christ? I want to talk to you about that tonight because, yeah, we think about it. At least I do. I think about Jesus as being the way to heaven, but he's also the way Monday through Friday at work, at school, at play, whatever you're doing. If I had one word to go with this series that I would define this entire series, the art of being human, what I would call this series, the the, the one word I would identify it in is as being balanced, balanced. I want to read a scripture to you. It says this in Proverbs 20, verse 10, diverse weights uh, and diverse measures are both alike an abomination to the Lord. There is, I wouldn't go as far to say abomination, but I want to let you know tonight, listen, I believe the majority of believers, the majority of USA citizens, the majority of everyone underneath my voice right now, they don't have a balance when it comes to busy, hurry, and rest. And and God says diverse weights, and, and I understand the weights were used for, for measuring the grocery and, and different uh, things when it came to finances, but I I think there is a beautiful balance that He wants us, you and I, to walk in when it comes to busy hurry and rest. Are you too busy to follow Jesus? We use this term, we ask, hey, how you doing? And And uh, usually people say, I mean, I have conversations in my office. I'm doing great, but busy, full, always hurry. I mean, I've had conversations in my office of like, hey, man, don't don't you feel really busy all the time? I want to paint a picture for you tonight when it comes to the way of Jesus. I was born in South Carolina, and in South Carolina, uh, they uh, did, at least at that point, adhere to blue laws. Blue laws is in 28 states. And I want to take a minute and read to you about blue laws because I, as far as I understand, Idaho doesn't have blue laws. But I want you to, to listen because blue laws had everything to do with the Sabbath in 28 states. They, they exist in 28 states right now. So listen to this as I read about blue laws. While blue laws may seem unconstitutional because they are based on religion, the United States Supreme Court has ruled them constitutional by citing that blue laws secure a day, listen, of rest for certain workers and guarantee the free exercise of religion. These are currently 28 states, there are are currently 28 states with blue laws and the laws vary by each state and different counties occasionally have their own blue laws. Many states on that day, Sunday, no hunting, no alcohol sales, some businesses closed. Florida's got a unique one. Florida, no sex toys, no horse racing, car dealers closed, Listen to some of the punishments of breaking the blue laws in the 1700s. Whippings, fines, burned tongues, severed ears, such were the Puritans penalties for breaches, breaches of the blue laws. The the punishment uh, could be invoked for simple misdeeds ranging from shuffleboard uh, to skipping church. What I remember about the Blue Laws as a, as a young man growing up in South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a long time, but I don't remember that we had baseball games on Wednesday evenings or Wednesday afternoons because of the Blue Laws. Very rarely do I remember hunting on Sunday because probably the Blue Laws. It was just, I didn't think that way, Blue Laws, but definitely no alcohol sales and many Many businesses, most businesses were closed. Uh, I worked for a a business one time, and they closed even on Wednesday at 1 o'clock. I don't know if it was still connected to the blue laws, but there was so much that was connected to church, Wednesdays, and Sundays, on and on and on. I moved to Eureka, California. I I drove from Kentucky to South Carolina to tell my grandparents goodbye. Drove from South Carolina to Eureka, California when I got to Eureka, California, it was an absolute culture shock for this Southern boy. Walked into a grocery store, it's open, they're selling alcohol, liquor in a grocery store in California. Now, that was common there, but it wasn't from where I was raised. What's your point with this, J.O.? Here's my point. Things have drastically changed when it comes to where we were as a nation. And where we are today. God Sabbathed, but I I don't really need to Sabbath. Really? We've swung so hard, so far from blue laws and from Sabbath and the principle of Sabbath's rest. We've adopted other areas. We've adopted other things that's impacting our life. We've adopted burnout. We've uh, adopted in old songs from probably the 80s, running on empty. We've, we've adopted hurry, a generation filled of anxiety, emotional distress, emotional depression, emotionally disturbed, emotionally mental problems. One root of this, I guarantee you, listen, is the issue of hurry. Work and no balance When it comes to rest, what if the answer is not more meds? What? What? Oh, I I know that 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 impacts people, but listen to me. I'm not against anybody on medication. I'm that's not my heart. What has turned us to all the medication that we use today? Could it be that the answer is the way of Jesus, the way of rest? The practice of Sabbath. Sin jacked up everything, all of our lives, and it jacked up rest and it jacked up balance in our life. Believe me, I've been there. I fight with this all the time. My heart, my goal uh, today is not to burden you with the law or put a blue law or the Mosaic law on you or I think life over legalism any day, but to challenge each of us to look at the principle. Will you say that with me, principle, principle, principle of the Sabbath, of rest, of slowing down. Come on, put the brakes on, refuse hurry. Paul addressed the area of of being careful not to put a law on someone or falling under the law. He says this in Galatians 2.16, he says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the laws. We're justified not by the works of the law. We're justified by Jesus. I believe that Jesus came to fulfill the law. He also says in Galatians 3.24, Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Listen, I'm saved by grace in faith in Jesus Christ, not in my works, only in Jesus. Listen to what Colossians says, Colossians 2, 16-17. So let no one judge you in food or in drink, or regarding a festival or a new moon, or Sabbaths, which are a shadow. Would you say that with me out there? Would you say shadow with me? Shadow, which is a shadow of things to come, uh, but the substance is of Christ. Shadow is just that. It's 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 a shadow. I have a shadow cast right here. Don't chase and pursue shadows. Be careful you don't marry a shadow. Shadows aren't the end of the goal. Radine married J.O., not a shadow. I didn't marry a shadow. I married Radine on that day, Wedding Rock, July 7th, 1990, almost 30 years ago. I'm sure there were shadows out there. But I didn't marry one. Listen, our devotions, listen to me real good. Our devotions, our Bible readings, Bible studies, our prayer, our fasting, our principles of the Sabbath, church, community, city groups, small groups, worship on a certain day is not the final goal. Jesus, I believe, practiced all of these things, but that wasn't the final goal. Our final goal, listen to me, is Jesus. Our final goal is a relationship. We get caught up on the shadows. We get caught up on things that aren't the end goal. I make a point tonight because I don't want to get you stuck on a shadow, but I don't want you to overlook a beautiful principle. I don't care when you rest. I don't care when you worship. I got brothers and sisters that worship on Saturday. I say, yeah, 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 I worship on Saturday. You know why I worship on Saturday? I got brothers and sisters worship on Sunday. Worship on Sunday, yeah, yeah, yeah. I worship. On- hey, worship on Monday. I worship on two. I worship on. I worship on, I worship on Thursday. I think we should worship every day. Now, I, I get it that we come together as a church. Come on. The church is not the walls, it's the people. We come together, two or more gather and we worship. But listen to me, I'm not getting caught up on the day that you worship or the day that you sabbath. But listen, we should we should not go after the shadow, but we should have a practice in our life that we, I believe that we don't have a balance in right now in our lives when it comes to rest versus hurry. So why? Do we hear a good sermon like last week and it don't work? Why do we leave on Sunday, leave on Saturday, and all of a sudden we're in the same, Monday through Friday, rat race. Has anybody ever won a rat race? I, I, I don't even know who's won the rat race. My point is this. We have to adopt the ways of Jesus. Let's talk about that for a minute. I had a really good friend. I hope he listens to me sometime. His name is Matt Wilson in college. He was this, I'm five foot six and a half. He was about five foot five, just yoked. He was probably about 10 years older than me. And I was just starting to dive into bodybuilding. And Matt and just kind of took me underneath the wing. Even when I uh, uh, got ready for my first and only bodybuilding competition, he was cheering me on, helping me with my diet and so forth and so on. I watched Matt. He taught me old school exercises in the gym that I didn't see anyone else doing, that I even do today. I watched him. I adopted it. I, I practiced. He, he showed me how to diet. And, 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 and those practices became part of my life. Why? Because I was walking in the ways of this dude, Matt Wilson. Tracy Abbott, a great friend of mine down south in Idaho. He was the one that really took me under the wing for archery bow hunting. Man, I watched how he called and I watched where he went and I watched what he did and, and, and watching the wind and all those different things. He is the most in my book incredible archery bow hunter that I have ever. Met. I watched him. I adopted his practices. I I asked him questions. I I, I took heed and I started doing what he did. And then uh, Jim Durkin was my kind of like my granddaddy in the Lord, and they called him the prince of preachers. And I watched how he preached, and Kim Comlent, how he prophesied, and, and Pastor Bob McGregor, how he taught and served, and, and my wife, who is, is caring and, and protective and a fierce lioness. And you say all that? Why, Jail? Because I've watched these people, I've adopted, I've added it to my life. Listen, when it comes to the way of Jesus, we're to watch Him, we're to learn from Him, we're adding Jesus' practices on. We're studying Jesus. We're uh, adopting his ways. Not just saying, oh, he's the way, the truth, and the life. What does that mean? Well, his way should be my way. His practices should be my practices. If you're not taking what you learn on a Saturday and Sunday and putting it into action doing, I'm going to tell you right now, It's never going to work. Faith without works is dead. We have to adopt what Jesus did. Jesus' ways becomes J.O.'s ways, becomes Rick's ways, becomes Sharon's ways. Jesus invites us into his lifestyle, his ways, which include, listen, Americans, we don't get this, and I get it because I'm working on it which includes rest. Matthew 11:28 through 30. Listen real close. Let it go into your heart. Please just don't bra. Let it sink in right now. Jesus said this code red. Come to me. Come, he says. To me, If you're out there and you don't know Christ tonight, you're going to have the opportunity in a few minutes to come to him. If you're a believer tonight and you're stressed, rushed, and hurried, he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Look what he says he'll do. I will give you, listen, rest. Take my yoke upon you. Not your yoke, not the world's yoke, his yoke. And listen to what he says here. This is is an important key. He says this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and lowly in heart. He uses his word again. Listen to what he uses. And you will find, listen listen to what he uses. Rest for your souls. When I think about souls, I think about my emotions, my heart, my mind, my thing. Rest in the area that the world is absolutely stressed, burned out, anxious, fearful, even in this very moment. Corona and all that, everything that's going on, hey, very, very real. And in the midst of that, we trust and we can still rest in him. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That word rest, or I'm sorry, the word learn, is to learn by use and practice. Listen to that. Why doesn't a sermon work for you on Monday? Because you have to put it into practice. I could preach to you to the cows come home about Jesus. Right now I'm reading in the book of John. I haven't even read through a whole chapter in one day because I'm just trying to look at the ways of Jesus. How can I adopt His ways? Walk in His ways. Because I think I think we need that in our society today. I, w- I want to take these... Fr- few remain, re, remaining minutes and and just talk to you about removing yokes off of you. Taking off yokes and putting on the yoke of Jesus. The first yoke that I want to encourage you to take off tonight is the yoke, number one yoke, the yoke of hurry. Say that with me, hurry. Hurry is uh, move or act with haste and uh, it, it, it just is not a very positive word. The book that I'm reading right now, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer is all about this subject. It has, it's a beautiful, I highly recommend it. In it, it is hurry is the essence of too much to do. How many of you feel like you have too much to do? Every day. Well, Jay, all I need is, all I, I used to think, this, all I need is more hours of the day. Well, if you had more hours of the day, you know what you'd do? You'd do more. You'd just add more. The, John, the Ford uh, in this book by John Orchberg says, shepherds rarely run. They just, if they're a good shepherd, they don't run. What's your point? Is that good shepherds, Aren't in a hurry. Right now, I want to. I can be very frank and honest with you. I, I believe one of the the things that keeps me hurry and sometimes anxious, and I, I completely take responsibility for it. But it is it is the devil in my pocket? What, what, devil in your po- yes iPhone, the average iPhone user, listen, this is not even a millennial, the average iPhone user touches the devil in their pocket 2,617 times a day. Let me, let me repeat that, 2,617 times a day you touch the devil in your pocket. Might be your purse or where coat, where all I know is that if it ain't there right now, you're freaking out trying to figure out where it is. Have you ever just watched someone? I I just watch in a meeting, they're trying to meet with me, and they're like, it lights up, mine lights up. You fill in your pocket, all of a sudden keeping you right on the edge, wake up to a text, wake up to that, whatever it may be. And listen, I know that, hey, you know what? That shouldn't control my life, but a lot of times I feel like it does. And if it does mine and I'm intentional with it, I know that it's also trying to control your life. I just bring it to it so that I think we need to be aware of it. The Bible says, for the lack of knowledge, people perish. Can I just give you knowledge today that you're touching that devil over 2,000 times? And it's impacting our lives. Now, I can't blame it on the iPhone. I mean, it was created in order to make our life easier. But uh, it, it, I don't know about you, but it's not working for me. Is it working for you? Dallas Willard in this book uh, quotes, you must ruthlessly because the the author of the book goes to this gentleman and he talks about this hurry and you know what 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 is the number one thing he should do? And Dallas Willard says, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Corey Tin Boom once said, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Psychologist Carl Lung says, hurry is not. Of the devil, hurry is the devil. It's hard to build relationships when you're in a hurry. It's hard to pray if you're in a hurry. It's hard to to read the Bible, meditate if you're in a hurry. It's hard to love. How can you love if you're always in a hurry? You know why it's hard to do anything while you're in a hurry? Is because when you're in a hurry, you're not living in the moment. And hurry is stealing our moments. And watch, if you lose your moments, all of a sudden a decade's gone and another day, and you've lost your life because you haven't lived in the moment because of hurry. That's the first yoke to remove, hurry. Yoke number two. To remove. Hurry. Oh, Jay, are you making no yoke one, yoke two, hurry? Dallas Willard says this. The author goes to him and says, What else should I do? He says, This there is nothing else. Period. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. I'm probably the fastest eater, and it is no joke, and it's completely unhealthy. I've done it all my life. My brother used to go jail. Nobody's going to, st- he calls me John Boy or whatever he go John, he, all- hey, nobody's going to steal your food. My son's a fast eater, but not still as fast as his dad. I've eaten with other people that thought they were fast eaters until they eat with me. Why do you say that? Because even in the midst of this, to eliminate hurry, even as I've been eating, I've, I've been thinking, I've got to slow down. Probably one of the hardest things that I've tried to do is eliminate hurry while I'm eating. But think about that. That's a little thing. But think about every area of your life. If you are not intentional about eliminating hurry, tomorrow this sermon will do you no good. I promise. If you don't adopt the way of Jesus... The way of Jesus, I want to read to you one of the most common and beautiful psalms. You hear them at funerals, you hear it all, you've heard it, you've heard it since you were a little child, and it's just a, an amazing Psalms. And it's Psalms 23. I want you to hear and see the the, the the way of Jesus. It says this: the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Say this with me content if you're not content it's going to feed your hurriedness oh got to get a new pair of skinny jeans got to get a new iPhone got to get got it everyone say content shall not want he's my shepherd I I can meditate on that I He's my shepherd. He's not in a hurry. I don't need to be in a hurry. I'm content because he's going to take care of me. I shall not want it. It goes on to say, and he makes me lie down in green pastures. So look at that. I lie down, rest in green pastures. He's going to feed me. Wow. Beautiful. Not in a hurry. And he says this, he leads me beside still waters. He leads me in his ways. Beside still waters. And let me show you something beautiful. After he is your shepherd, not you, he's your shepherd, he's leading you. After there is no one, after he leads me beside still waters, green pastures, I'm lying down. Look what takes place. He restores my soul. What's your point, J.O.? After rest, after he's leading us, guess what follows it? The restoration of our souls. I want to invite you into two rests today. The first rest that I would like to invite you into two rests. The first rest is Jesus' lifestyle of rest 724 or 24 7. Jesus' lifestyle of rest 24 7. Looking and adopting Jesus' ways. Jesus, to me, never looks hurried. There was one time absolutely when Jesus was totally stressed. He prays in the garden. He's sweating blood. He's stressed. I get it. He's getting ready to take on the sins of the world, die, all the things that he went through. My point here is that all the remaining, I never see Jesus in a hurry. He he never travels more than 200 miles from where he was born. And look, the impact he's having on our world today. Jesus, never hurried, never traveled. He didn't have to have an iPhone or or flights or internet, any of those things that even make us more hurried. And he impacts the world like no one else. And he never even traveled more than 200 miles from where he was born. Hebrews 4.1, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear at least any of us seem to come short of it God wants us you listen we have to be intentional intentional to enter into his rest it it doesn't work man if anybody's high strung and, and, and anti-rest when I rest I feel like I'm hungover it's like my body is going through different chemical reactions I don't like to rest but I know that afterwards it's a wonderful thing 1 Peter 5, 7, here's a beautiful point of living in rest. Casting your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting actually through, I have to literally say it. I put this on you, Christ, because he can handle it and I can't. Listen to this one abiding in Christ. John 15, 4, abide in me and I in you as the branches cannot uh, bear fruit. Of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. What does that mean to me to abide in Christ? I mean, that sounds beautiful. It's a vine, and and uh, you know, but I would say we need to stay connected with Christ. Connected, we need to be dependent upon Him daily. We need to be continually doing this, and as we do this, I believe that we can find rest even in our twenty-four hour, seven day a week type of rest and abiding in him. It has to be intentionally a growing in the ways of Jesus Christ. Did you know that Jesus got tired? You may think, well, he's 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And Jesus, I, I know that Jesus practiced Sabbaths but, but he literally got tired. I can, I can prove it to you. All of a sudden, he has to go to Samaria. Everyone knows the, the story of the woman at the well. And this is what takes place, John 4, 6. It says, Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied. Ministry is wearying. How many of you know, I'm not the only minister here. If you're listening today and you're a believer of Jesus, believe me, you're a minister. You're a priest. And I'm going to tell you right now, it gets weary. Jesus got weary. He got wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. You know what happened right then? The disciples went and got some groceries and Jesus stayed right there. And then all of a sudden this amazing situation happened with the Samaritan woman. But I'm here to tell you, he stayed behind. And by the way, Jesus practices Sabbaths. So there's a, a Sabbath. There is a rest that God wants us to walk in day to day. Here's Sabbath number two. The practice of a Sabbath. Rest number two, the practice of a Sabbath. My wife and I, last year, we had the opportunity to take a sabbatical. In the midst of that, I was reading different books, and all of a sudden, I was really, really drawn to this thing called the Sabbath's rest. I was reading a book called Uh, the emotional healthy leader and it just talks toward this and I decided am I the best at it no but I decided Friday four o'clock to Saturday four o'clock I'm human God took a sabbath I'm going to start practicing the sabbath am I perfect with it no do I practice it yes has it changed me yes Do I do it like absolutely perfect four to four? No. I'm not talking about a law today. I'm talking about a practice. My my Messiah has already come. He's already fulfilled the law. But this is something that I'm growing in. That's why I want to be very careful. I don't even want to, out of of the right heart, to put law on someone. But there is this thing, the Ten Commandments, and within it is this thing called the Sabbath. And I want to let you know there is something about a Sabbath's rest when it comes to us emotionally and physically and mentally and every aspect. Because after I can finally rest, believe that, I can sense the difference afterwards. jail are you concerned about being lazy? I would say, you say lazy, I say sanity. Lazy or, sa- lazy say, you say lazy, I say sanity. You say lazy, I say, listen, I say sanity because for years I've personally ran Without practicing Sabbath, and it's very, very well. Jo, how about a work ethic? Listen, I, I say have the best work ethic out there. Work hard, be on time, shine on your job. Do you know that work began before the fall? Work is a good thing. We should all, we should all be. Wonderful workers. It says this, Genesis 2:15. Then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. They worked hard. I want to finish up with you today. Guess what Jesus is doing right now? He's seated beside the Father. Guess where the Bible says that you and I are? Seated in heavenly places. J.O. I ain't had a vacation I never take I work every day I pull up my bootstraps man I'm a self made man who needs rest rest I'll rest when I get to heaven can I ask an honest question very honest how's that working for you how's it working for your marriage for your health for your emotional health how's it working for your parenting How's it working for your kids? Jay, I'm doing good. Let me prophesy something with my eyes wide open. Just wait. I think that you need to take a step back, take this word to heart and consider bringing a balance into your life when it comes to a Sabbath's rest. Consider it. Consider the ways of Jesus day to day and consider a practice of the Sabbath. Once again, I don't slap a law on you today, but I will slap something on you that will bring you life. It's not the ways of the world. It's definitely not the ways of America. Let me close with this scripture. Listen to it real good. Mark 8, 36 and 37. For What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? And loses his own soul. Well, what will a man give in exchange of his soul? Six, seven, eight digits? New cars, new houses, new, 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 gain, 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 more education, more bank count, more whatever it is, what will you gain in exchange for your soul? I want to challenge you today, Monday through Friday, through Saturday, every day, take on the ways of Jesus. Look at his life. Look at the Beatitudes. Look at the Sermon on the Mount. Begin to study the person of Jesus Christ. Don't marry. Listen, I'm married to Jesus. I'm not married to a shadow. But take on the ways of Jesus Christ. If you're here today, if you're out there listening and you've never met Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you right now, I remember what it was like before December the 7th, 1986. You can say that's a long time ago, but listen to me right now. I still remember very clearly. Now take this. I remember what it's like being a slave. Joe, you say I'm a slave. Listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ, the Bible says we're slaves to sin. You are. You don't have to stay that way. Jesus came, took on our sin, so we don't have to be a slave any longer. Jesus comes to give you life and life more abundant. I couldn't spell rest until I came to know Jesus Christ. I couldn't spell peace until I came to know Jesus Christ. You're talking about anxiety. You're talking about panic attacks. You're talking about depression. I knew them before they were even popular. And then I came to know Christ. Jesus makes coming to know Christ very, very easy. You know why? Because Jesus has done it all. What you need to do, what I needed to do, what I did do, cry out to Jesus, ask him to come into my life. Surrender my life to him, all of it. Say, Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. And I did that, and I was born again. And I want to pray right now with you, wherever you are, maybe you've never came online before wherever you are I want to pray with you right now to receive Jesus Christ I believe a prayer faith in a moment of time your life will be saved your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life and you can start this beautiful life of, of following Jesus being a Jesus follower a disciple of Christ and your life will never be the same never be the same and then one day when you pass from this life on you'll be in the presence of God Pray with me right now. Pray with me to receive Christ. Jesus, I need you today. You can repeat this after me if this helps you. I've been stressed. I've been burned out. I've been lonely. I've been lost. And today I surrender my life to you. Jesus, today, I confess and declare that you are the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me where I've rebelled. I've broken your heart. I am so sorry. I sincerely surrender my life to you today. In faith, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your Lordship. I receive your salvation and your grace. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. I'm your son or daughter in Jesus' name. If you said that sincerely, I believe that you're born again. And now I want to just encourage you. You can email us, connect with us. Make sure that you get connected in the church. The church is there to to be a support to you and to walk with you. I want to pray for others out there today that you may have been to church and every time, Monday through Saturday, you walk out and nothing changes. Well, you have to put the word into action. You have to walk out the ways of Jesus. I'm going to pray that God exchanges the yokes in your life today and that you can really begin to enter. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how old you are, but you can really begin to enter into a rest with Jesus Christ. Pray with me right now, wherever you are. Bow your head, bow your heart. Father, I lift up every person out there today that love you, that attend church. Father, they're all in, and yet they're stressed. They're wore out, and I ask them an honest question. Are you too much in a hurry? too busy to follow Jesus. I pray today that yokes would be exchanged. We could take on your yoke. We could take on your ways. And that you would lead us paths of righteousness, green grass, still waters. And Lord, I pray that your church, the soul, every soul of your church would be restored in Jesus' name. A